listening to PetLifeRadio.com. What Were You Thinking is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADTHINK, S-A-D-T-H-I-N-K, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather. Welcome to What Were You Thinking? We've never had what you might term a jumbo edition of What Were You Thinking? But this week, we're having a special shrimpy episode. Now, I'm not talking about the length of the show, and I'm not talking about the width or breadth of the show either. I'm talking about the content. In fact, I'm talking about, and I'm talking to Russ Wilson, and he's going to discuss his collection of freshwater, saltwater, and brackish pet shrimp. Now, I just said pet shrimp. I'm wondering if shrimp have pet tendencies at all. We will find out from Russ. Russ Wilson has been keeping all manner of exotic pets for over 30 years, from sugar gliders and leopard geckos to hermit crabs and feather duster worms. He lives in Utah and has volunteered and worked in zoos. He's got a website packed with information on keeping fish and invertebrates. It's called Aquarimax.com, and that's A-Q-U-A-R-I-M-A-X.com. Did I spell that right, Russ? That's correct. Okay. And Russ also does podcasts on fish and invertebrates, which you can also access from his website, Aquarimax.com. So welcome to the show, Russ. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to have you. Uh, that, that was a great show last time, and we talked about your African clawed frog, Hito. I have to ask how he's doing. He's doing great. If anything, he's singing more than he was when we were talking about it. Very cool. Is it the same song, or has he changed it at all? Or He has come up with a few variations. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Have you uh, put any of the vocalizations on your website? I, have tri- I do have one of his just generic ones. I haven't put any of the newer ones on yet because I was, it's been hard to uh, record him when he does it. Yeah. He gets stage fright when I take out the microphone. So. <laughs> yeah, I know how he feels. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, Before we get started too much, I wanted to ask about your podcasts. How often do you do those on your website? Well, I would say on average about twice a month. Well, that's good. That's more than I do. So I would encourage people to uh, go to AquariaMax.com and listen to them. What are some of the uh, topics you've done recently? Let's see. We did one uh, recently on uh, my office aquarium and office aquariums in general, what uh, you should consider when putting an aquarium in your office. We've done one on assassin snails, which is a carnivorous snail that eats other snails. Um, we have done them on, uh, we, we have one on African clawed frogs and 
and a couple on different types of shrimp and all, all different kinds of things. Well, you know, every one of those sounds like a great topic for this show, so I guess you're just going to have to keep coming back again. Sure, I'll come as often as you'll have me. Okay, all right. I was wondering if, uh, since your frog has a name, of course, I was wondering if any of your shrimp have names. Well, one of them does. Uh, Our saltwater shrimp has a name, which is perhaps not very original, but we called him Pepe. Pepe, okay. Um, And why isn't that original? Well, a lot of people who keep um, this particular type of shrimp seem to call it Pepe after the... uh, the Muppet, who oh, is of uh, not a shrimp, but a king prawn. But right. for some reason, everyone names him that. And, well, that sort of brings me to the next question. And that question was whether any of the shrimp you keep are uh, similar to the shrimp that people eat. Well, let's see. Similar in appearance, some of them certainly are. Um, most of the shrimp that people eat are saltwater shrimp, and I only keep one of those. But I don't think anyone eats the type of saltwater shrimp that I keep. Right. What is the size range? of um, at least the shrimp that you keep as pets. Do we say shrimps or do we say shrimp? What's the plural here? Um, typically just shrimp without the S. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, it exists with the S as well. I think it's uh, kind of optional. But size range, adult sizes, I have some species that top out at about half an inch, and my biggest one is probably about three inches long. Okay. And everything in between. Wow, okay. That, that's a pretty sizable shrimp, that, that three-inch one, seems to me. How did you get interested in shrimp in the first place? Well, I've always been interested in basically anything that moves. But specifically in shrimp, I was keeping aquariums. I've been doing that for a long time, of course. And some years ago, I found that uh, certain shrimp can be kept in aquariums for uh, algae control. So I decided to try that out. And that uh, kind of led me into the whole business of keeping shrimp. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I guess a lot of people keep snails in freshwater aquariums for that reason, don't they? Right, and actually in the in the past few years, it's kind of a, a boom in algae crews, different species from snails to fish to shrimp and, and other organisms that will uh, help take care of algae in aquaria. And uh, so they've become a lot more popular. Shrimp, as well as other organisms, become a lot more popular in the last few years for doing that. I remember many years ago, probably 30, 40 years, when I had a small freshwater aquarium, I just went to a local sort of department store and got a small shrimp, maybe about three quarters of an inch long, that was um, at least seemed to be vaguely transparent. Um, ah, yes. Was that would that be a ghost shrimp? Most likely. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I thought that was a very interesting critter, and and I enjoyed that. So, are, are those still around? They are. Yeah, ghost shrimp are pretty popular, pretty common. Probably the easiest shrimp to get a hold of, and the cheapest. They actually are not confined to one species. There's a, a large variety of shrimp that are sold as ghost shrimp because they have that quality of being mostly transparent. And they collect them from brackish water, from fresh water, and from salt water. And they tend to be pretty uh, adaptable. It can be in different uh, degrees of salinity. And so people will use them in aquaria just to keep as pets, but also as live food for both saltwater and freshwater animals. So the term ghost shrimp is just sort of a generic term. Right, a catch-all for any shrimp that looks the part, basically. Okay. Well, since you uh, brought me back uh, to the topic of the the three kinds of shrimp, the freshwater, brackish water, and saltwater, let's let's start off by talking about uh, the freshwater variety. And um, how how many kinds of, uh, how many species of freshwater shrimp do you have? Let's see. Currently, I guess I have two. Um, but I've it got, sounds like you've had more when you say currently. <laughs> Your use of the word currently makes me think you've had more than that. Is that yes, right? Yes, over the, over the years I've had various types. Um, 
Right now, I don't have any ghost shrimp, though I've kept them in the past. The two freshwater species that I have right now are the red cherry shrimp and the amano shrimp. Okay, that's the red cherry and amano? Right. Okay, and how are they different in, you know, let, let's just talk about them for a while, about what the requirements are and, you know, sell me on these shrimp. Okay, well, the requirements, most uh, freshwater shrimp or shrimp that are kept uh, in aquariums, they need to, uh, they're very sensitive to wastes in the water. So, like, as how they differ from aquarium fish, that so you need to be really careful about that. They should go into an established aquarium that has a nice base of bacteria that are transferring the waste into, uh, you know, less toxic materials. And preferably, they should have a lot of live plants in the aquarium because that helps with that and also with hiding places. They need a lot of hiding places, um, partly because if they're in with any other animal that might bother them, they just like to, to hide out once in a while. But also, they molt periodically as they grow and once they've molted their skin is very uh, vulnerable and so i've seen normally peaceful fish that wouldn't really bother a shrimp just slurp them up because they're nice and soft oh okay so you do have to be careful about that but uh those are the basic requirements they're they're easy to feed they eat a lot of algae depending on the species of shrimp but most of them will be foraging for algae almost constantly they like uh, soft plant material, so you can put in things like bits of zucchini or um, some boiled spinach or something like that. They'll eat decaying leaves from the plants in the aquarium. They will also eat fish food of just about any type, so they're fairly easy to feed. Now, when you when you put zucchini in your aquarium, if you were to do that, uh, do you use some kind of a feeding ring or something, or does it sink to the bottom, or what, what do you do? Oh, there are several ways to do it. You can use a clip or something like that. A lot of people will clip it or rubber band it to a rock. Um, you can freeze it or blanch it, and either way will tend to make it uh, sink a little more quickly. You can also just sort of crush it, which is what I often do, and it helps release some of the uh, trapped air in the zucchini, and then it'll sink more readily. Do the shrimp generally get enough to eat just from having the algae in the plants, or is you know introducing things like zucchini and uh, you know you know other greens is is that something that really needs to be done? It depends on the particular aquarium. With a high light planted aquarium where uh, there are and high nutrient sort of aquarium, there are going to be probably a lot of things that they can eat, but with fish food and an algae growth that you probably don't need to supplement a whole lot. Yeah, wow. What are the differences between the uh, a couple of the shrimp that, that you were talking about? Could could you remind me which ones we're talking about now, the, the freshwater? Right, right. The uh, red cherry shrimp yes, are, red cherry. are smaller, and they get their name from their color. Their cultivated variety, the naturally occurring variety, doesn't have this color, but the uh, this variety that I keep is very, very red, uh, like a cherry in some cases. The females especially are very red, and they're small. The largest one is probably about an inch long. And they mostly eat algae and things like that. Uh, they tend to be more for the fuzzy or film-like types of algae. And then the amano shrimp are quite a bit bigger. You can find amano shrimp that are probably two inches long or so. And they will also go after the hair algae. And they are not nearly as brightly colored. They tend to be on the transparent side, but sometimes they'll cycle through different shades of green or brown and things like that. Could you spell omano for me? Yeah, Amano is A-M-A-N-O. Oh, okay. And it comes from the name of a Japanese um, aquarium expert who popularized the use of these to eat algae in aquariums. 
What sort of behavior uh, do shrimp display that, that are interesting, the, the freshwater shrimp? Well, one thing is just interesting to watch them forage because they have, well, shrimp are decapods, so they have ten legs related to crabs and lobsters and so on, of course. And there are four, in, well, in very many species, the first four legs that they have have claws on the end, not as big as they would in a lobster or proportionally. You know, they don't look like huge claws, but they do have that sort of same arrangement on the end. And they will constantly be scraping things off with these four legs, and it's just fun to watch them do that. Oh, whether yeah. they're scraping algae off or a little bit of fish food or whatever, they're almost constantly doing that, which is just interesting to watch. Um, they can also swim in different ways and, and uh, just move around the aquarium. They can crawl. They can sort of, I like to call it helicoptering, where they'll sort of jet up into the water column and use their swimmerettes, which are under, they're not their legs, but they're under their abdomen, and they'll use those to sort of hover through the water. And then when they're uh, afraid or startled, they can dart backwards with a jerk of their tail and just shoot through the water at lightning speed. Oh, wow. That's interesting to see as well. I seem to remember when I had my ghost shrimp that uh, when I sprinkled some fish food on the surface that they would swim up and flip upside down and be working it with their legs on the surface of the water, just beneath the surface. Uh, was I imagining things? Am I remembering it wrong, or is that something that happens? Oh, that's that's very common. In fact, um, most shrimp will do that if the water surface is calm enough. Uh, they will sometimes just get whatever sort of biofilm is on the uh, underside of the water, even if there's not any apparent food. They can usually glean something from it. So, yeah, that's a very common shrimp behavior. Other than... Um, very large fish. Are there particular kinds of fish, uh, maybe more aggressive fish, that you shouldn't keep with shrimp and well, other other fish that are better? There are some fish that are better. I would say the, the general rule is if it will fit into the mouth of a fish, yeah, even with difficulty, then it probably it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> okay. But I've noticed that some, some are worse than others. Uh, things like neon tetras and guppies and so on, I can usually uh, keep a, a living population in with... Uh, a breeding population in an aquarium with those sorts of fish, but you get into things like angelfish or uh, other cichlids and, and you don't have any shrimp left. Right, right. Well, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and then we will be back uh, talking to Russ Wilson about shrimp. We're going to get into the brackish shrimp and the saltwater shrimp. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on What Were You Thinking, just drop me an email, send an email to Bob at PetLifeRadio.com. And uh, while you're at it, while you're on the Internet, check out Russ's website, and that is Aquarimax.com, A-Q-U-A-R-I-M-A-X.com. And lots of great information there. Listen to some of the podcasts. We will be right back. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code THINKING, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash what W-H-A-T to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. Hello? Danica, where have you been? Oh, Grandma, I've been busy, you know, racing, GoDaddy girl. Oh, I built my own online store with GoDaddy. Really? Let me see. Grandma'sauction.com? Hey, aren't those Grandpa's golf clubs? Grandma needs her bingo money. Use promo code WHAT10, W-H-A-T, the number 10, and get a .com domain name for just $7.49 at GoDaddy.com. If you ask the question, what do I want, what do I need, I'll take a back shot, I reach a ninja. I need time, I need love, I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available in iTunes. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, 
and monkeys. Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. I am back with uh, Russ Wilson talking about shrimp. And, uh, Russ, we've been talking about uh, freshwater, and I'm sure we haven't really even uh, scratched the surface, so to speak, on that. But maybe we'll come back to them. But um, I was really interested in what you emailed me about the brackish shrimp. They seem like really unusual um, critters. A Hawaiian name, is is it Ula? It's Opaiula. Opaiula. You want to talk about them a little bit? Sure. Well, they are really sort of interesting and bizarre creatures. The only place they're found in the world is Hawaii. And they're found in these underground crevices in lava that's under the water table. And then uh, they're also, they also venture into surface pools that connect to these underground crevices. And because they have such a varied environment, they can survive extremes uh, of temperature, of salinity, of oxygen, and of uh, food availability. And these situations would kill other shrimp, but they are, they're real survivors. And in fact, some of you, uh, some of the listeners may have seen these shrimp sold in sealed containers where they, they can survive for years in a container without adding any food, any oxygen or anything, just living off the small amount of oxygen and food produced by the algae that will grow from room light that gets into these containers. So is that, I think uh, years ago, uh, not that many, but like in a sharper image catalog or something, they had some kind of a little sealed aquarium that had a few plants and water and I don't know what else, but I recall that there were shrimp in it too. And it, it was probably... Yes, the opaula. Although I wouldn't recommend those sealed containers because the shrimp, basically, they can survive in them for a long period of time, but they cannot thrive. Right. And so, uh, though the, they seem to be attractive sort of little units with and very maintenance-free, they, uh, they're not ideal. Yeah, that seems a little cruel to me somehow. I don't, I don't know why. What's the lifespan of the apaula? Uh, yeah, the opaula is uh, a really long-lived shrimp, actually. We know that... There have been systems that have been closed for 20 years, and there are still shrimp in them. And it's it's sometimes difficult to determine whether or not the originals are there, but we do know that they're much more long-lived than most shrimp, which we can expect maybe a couple of years at most. Wow, 20 20 years. What's the longest you've ever kept a shrimp? Let's see. um, I first got my opaula probably five or six years ago, and I still have quite a few of the originals. And are they breeding? Yes, they are. Uh, I started out with about... Well, let's see, about 40 of them, and I think I have somewhere around 60. Now, when you say that uh, you're differentiating between the originals and the offspring, does that mean you're separating the offspring um, pretty soon after they hatch so you can tell which are the originals? No, but just um, judging on the the number of young that have been produced and the population, it continues to grow, and I don't really lose, I don't really lose very many adults, and so it seems to be that uh, most of the originals are still there. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. And where do you keep them? Um, unlike other shrimp, which usually benefit from an aquarium with a filter and aeration and so on, I have them in some fairly large glass containers that are just kept at room temperature with uh, a little light coming from a fairly distant window. And uh, one, I have a three-gallon container, a two-gallon container, and a one-gallon container currently. Just just how many actual aquariums, including um, jars or whatever, do you, do you have? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I know it's over 12. Yeah. I haven't counted recently, but it's over 12. And do you um, keep any of the, do, do you mix any of the shrimp together? 
like the the fresh water, the salt water, or do you keep them separate? Let's see. I have kept the um, Amano shrimp with the red cherry shrimp. Mm-hmm. And how do they get along? And they seem to do okay. They seem to do fine. I've heard horror stories of Amano shrimp eating red cherry shrimp, but I've never had that problem. All the others I keep separately. In theory, you could keep um, Opaiula with saltwater shrimp because they're very adaptable. They can live in 100% fresh, 100% salt, even saltier than ocean water. But they do best at a fairly low salinity. So The um, cherry shrimp and the uh, Amano shrimp, how are they on, on breeding? I mean, are they, are they easy to breed if you wanted to do that? Yeah. Uh, well, red cherry shrimp are, are very easy to breed. If you uh, keep males and females together with good quality water and plenty of hiding places and nothing that eats them in the aquarium, pretty soon you'll notice that the female carries maybe 20, 25 eggs under her abdomen um, after they're fertilized. She'll, she'll hold them there. And uh, once they're ready to hatch, she'll release them. And then the little babies are perfect little replicas of the adults. And they will raise themselves, basically, as long as there's food available and the water quality is good. And so you can start out with a few shrimp and end up with a whole lot, which is what I did. Um, Amano shrimp are a lot more difficult because in the wild, they apparently reproduce. They have a, a saltwater component to their reproductive cycle. So they involve moving up and down the river and so on. So some people have had some success with changing salinity and so on, but I haven't uh, actually tried with the Amano shrimp. So, How many uh, red cherry shrimp will hatch at one time? I would say most females, prob- well, the younger females carry fewer of them, but uh, a mature female, maybe 30, 35 shrimp. Okay, and I would imagine that they are seen as food by fish that may not bother the adult shrimp? Right. So how right. many of them survive, and is there any way that the adults try to uh, protect the youngsters? The adults don't appear to try to protect them once the female has released the eggs, but uh, it just depends on what kind of fish you're keeping them with and uh, how many hiding places there are and so on. But in a tank with, for example, something small and innocuous like neon tetras, I've had the shrimp, they basically reach the capacity of the tank where there might be 30 or 40 shrimp living in there, and uh, the population stabilizes itself right around there. Let's talk about the saltwater shrimp a little bit. Um, you have um, a peppermint shrimp. I think uh, you told me about that. Right. Um, the peppermint shrimp is called a peppermint shrimp because he has uh, red stripe striping on his body. Um, so he looks something like a peppermint stick, I guess, if you're imaginative. And it's, it's kind of skittish. It's not as... Uh, Outgoing or as bold as some of these other shrimp that you see swimming around the aquarium all the time. It tends to hide a lot during the day. It comes out at night a lot to eat. But a funny thing about peppermint shrimp is that they're almost constantly dancing. And I don't know if this is to an attempt to emulate the current moving algae or something like that. So they sort of blend in to prevent uh, predators from attacking them. Or if there's some other reason, I don't really know. But it's kind of interesting to watch. And the main reason that I got a peppermint shrimp was to eat a certain type of anemone called an aptasia anemone, which reproduces like mad in a marine aquarium and can overtake things, stinging the other inhabitants of the aquarium and overgrowing them. And so um, I got a peppermint shrimp to control those, and he does a great job at that. So what, he eats them when they're at some kind of little polyp stage or something? or? The funny thing about these Aptasia anemones, and with a lot of anemones, they have this in common. When they're bothered or attacked, they'll shrink down to a tiny little blob. They just sort of eject mm-hmm. most of the water mm-hmm. that's in their body and, and shrink down. 
But peppermint shrimp with these uh, thin chelipeds or claws that it has, it can reach into teeny crevices to grab that blob and just eat it up. Really? So what what is the size of one of these anemones, uh, even when it's uh, compacted, uh, versus the shrimp? Well, the uh, peppermint shrimp's about three inches long or so, and an aptasia anemone, when it's compacted, is really, really small. It's just sort of a probably a couple of two or three millimeters wide, something like that. And it does depend on the adult size, of course, of the anemone, but mm-hmm. I usually don't have any aptasias bigger than maybe an inch and a half long. But that's still quite a lot of compaction. Seems like I have seen photos of a peppermint shrimp in the tentacles of a, of a larger anemone and just kind of scampering around with impunity. Is, is, is that correct? Well, um, I'm not certain that peppermint shrimp specifically do that. It could be that they do with some types of anemones, but I do know that there are quite a few species of shrimp that will do that. I think, let's see, what is it? There's another shrimp called the dancing shrimp sometimes, or even the sexy shrimp, uh, because of the way it moves its abdomen. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. <laughs> but um, this particular shrimp, I, I believe that's the species that uh, can live symbiotically with a pizza anemone mm-hmm. and just hang out in the tentacles without any harm. Wow. And can you have more than one of these um, peppermint shrimp? or You, you can. Um, I have a fairly small tank, so I've only had uh, one at a time, but people typically in a larger aquarium will keep several of them. How large is your marine aquarium? Uh, it's, it's a nano reef, very small. It's uh, just 10 gallons. Wow. Aren't those kind of difficult to keep, a, a marine aquarium that small? It is a bit challenging. Um, generally, with any aquarium, the larger, the easier because it's just more forgiving and easier to control. But mm-hmm. I sort of went from the reverse route, having kept freshwater aquariums for so long. I started out with a five-gallon marine aquarium, and so I'm sort of working my way up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So I take it the the shrimp aren't particularly uh, territorial. Well, some shrimp are. Uh, I know that uh, I believe it's the cleaner shrimp, the banded coral shrimp. Uh, they can be quite territorial. But uh, I guess the peppermint shrimp aren't quite as territorial, although I wouldn't try to overcrowd them. Yeah. Uh, you make sure they all have a, a nice hiding place. Now, are all, all these shrimp that you've been talking about, the freshwater, the brackish, the saltwater shrimp, are these easy for people to find if they want to try them as pets, or you know, do you order them from somewhere? Or how, how does that work? Well, uh, peppermint shrimp are really easy to, to get at any uh, marine aquarium store. If they sell marine fish and uh, reef uh, inhabitants, it'll be easy to find them. Uh, freshwater shrimp are fairly easy. A lot of pet stores that sell planted aquaria will sell them. Mm-hmm. But another uh, resource is to just go online, Google red uh, cherry shrimp, and you can usually find people who are willing to sell them because they do breed so readily. People will say, I have a tank full, and you know, you can have, uh, send me $10 and all, and plus shipping, and I'll send you a whole bunch of shrimp. And they, sh- they ship pretty well? They do. They, they ship fairly well. I've had uh, some ship from all the way across the country and do just fine. Yeah. And... Typically, they have to go priority or express. So. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I would think so. How long do your peppermint shrimp live? Well, let's see. This one, I've, I've had over the past few years several of them. Uh, this one's, I don't know exactly, maybe about a year. And I think they'll live longer than that. I think the saltwater shrimp have a little bit longer lifespan than some of the smaller freshwater ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, the saltwater ones, do they reproduce very readily in captivity or not? Some of them do. I know that the uh, banded coral shrimp uh, and quite a few others will spawn fairly regularly. Um, raising young is another issue because generally in an aquarium, unless you put them in an aquarium especially to uh, raise the young, the most of the young will be eaten or be sucked up by the filter, things like that. Oh, yeah, that's right, the problem with the filter. 
Well, it sounds like uh, there's a lot more to shrimp than uh, I ever imagined. W- what do you think is the biggest challenge um, as sort of a final question to you about um, keeping them as pets? I would say um, for beginners, maintaining the, the water quality, um, which is the same issue with, with fish. And once you've mastered maintaining the water quality, uh, I think you're well on your way to keeping shrimp successfully. Now that that might be different for the opaiula. They are a little tougher than that than the other shrimp, but uh, even then, you need to make sure that they have a good uh, base of the beneficial bacteria going for them if you want to keep them successfully. So that's that would probably be it. And if you don't have the anemones, uh, what <laughs> to feed your peppermint shrimp? Uh, what what do you feed them, or what do you supplement their food? Well, they'll eat um, quite a few things. Any kind of fish food that you'll feed your fish, frozen, uh, flake, pellets, whatever, they're not particular. They'll eat that as well. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, Thanks so much for being on the show again. And, um, you know, you've just made me think of a lot of different topics that we're going to have to get on and and discuss if you want to come back again. Oh, yeah. All right. Your website, again, is aquarimax.com, A-Q-U-A-R-I-M-A-X.com for... um, information about all these critters uh, most of them mm-hmm. okay. and i'm continually adding things right in podcast too so um please check out russ's website russ thanks so much thank you all right and uh, thanks to my listeners if you would like to be on the show please drop me an email bob at petliferadio.com also uh, check out my website bobtart.com you will find information on my books enslaved by ducks and fall weather Thanks for listening, and thanks to my producer, Mark Winter. See you next episode. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.